This episode is brought to you by Snapple. Want to know another Snapple fact? The first hot air balloon passengers were a sheep, a duck, and a rooster. Ridiculous. Check out Snapple.com to find ridiculously flavored Snapple near you. Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson, Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts. It is hour two of the Lori and Julia show, and as you know, we have hour two always involves Julia's random thoughts in about uh, 10, 15 minutes, and then about 4.40-ish, we'll do some Hollywood speak. But until We've got then, somebody really spilling some tea. I mean, it's kind of delicious because it's such frank tea. Oh, it's lovely. It's frank with all kinds of sides of sugar. <laughs> <laughs> and that's in Hollywood speak coming up? I yeah, like it. I like speak. it. What do um, we have right now? Well, I mean, if you want to check out uh, Katie Holmes looking uh, like she means business. Uh, uh, Rocco, you got to look at I it because okay. I want to see if you think she looks like she means business. She, she looks did. like... So in in the thigh high boots, she's, the thigh high she's, patent. She's covering Vogue Australia, okay? Because Vogue, you know, Australia. I mean, all the different. I mean, you take whatever country you, you can, can get, get, right? You it's know. Vogue. After she all, she doesn't matter ever, the language. She's 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 been on the cover of Vanity Fair. Yes, she has. The with Annie Leibovitz, Tom Cruise, Cruise remember that? With that baby Siri. And they were in Telluride. Yeah. I think I hung on to that magazine for a while. I just couldn't believe all the lies in it. Well. And the storytelling and like the big setup with all of that. Remember that? They surprised the oh, world yeah. with the news. I mean, like nine months to the day after they went, it was all just so... Well, and, like scripted. And he wouldn't let her, she had to have the silent birth, and they bought the ultrasound machine yeah. for them to do it at home. And I, Rocco, there is, there's not a lot of gossip that we have not hit, you know, <laughs> if you think about it. Our gossip well of history is pretty, and then with, Fast, our, lo- wide, long. And then with our love of old, old gossip, yes. you know, and all of that. So, um, okay. so I mean, explain to me, I mean, it, yes. is she famous just has she done anything since the whole Tom Cruise thing? Well, okay, Dawson's Creek. Yes. Okay. okay, that's, and she was one of the several women that they tricked. Some knew, some were savvier, like Scarlett Johansson, she knew. Um, some people knew that it was like an audition to, to be his Tom Cruise's girlfriend, possibly wife. And then other people really thought that they were auditioning for roles. I think Katie thought she was auditioning for a role. She really did, and she thought... So they'd set up Scientology, set up meetings between Tom Cruise and these young blonde, or young women, women. That, that made the list that could be... Potentially, they would be malleable, and they'd be exactly. agreeable to learning about Scientology in exchange for this amazing life, and they don't really need to know about it. And here, Tom, here's your script. And, and But little did they <laughs> know um, that... When Katie Holmes, because she's what, like 30, what is she now, 36 maybe? 
something like that, 35, 36, yeah. and Tom Cruise is like 56. So theirs was a pretty significant age. Maybe she's 40. It was 15. Maybe, Maybe it was 50. a 15-year yeah. difference, I think. She's 41. Yeah. Okay, so 15-ish years. Yeah. But she had famously said in Seventeen Magazine when she was young and getting interviewed because she was in Dawson's Creek that... I always have wanted to marry Tom Cruise. He was on my bedroom wall, yep. you know. So, like, to meet, and then he was dazzling, and really the only guy she dated was that Chris, what's his name? Chris, um, and he's, they dated he's for in like, stuff right now, yeah, though, again. But they dated for five years, and I think, you know, they broke up because, I mean, let's be realistic, it's hard to just be, just meet somebody you know, be with them. He, they're your first, and then you know, live happily ever after with not at Chris least Klein. Having, yeah, Chris Klein. So they broke up, and so she didn't have very much experience. She was a dating toddler when she met Tom Cruise, a young dating toddler, and, and then, Tom Cruise would be blinding, especially oh. if you think about you know the the age that he was, and we didn't know all this stuff about him. He would have been a pretty dazzling man to resist oh my gosh and so her gullibility definitely played a part of that and then famously probably about six months into dating her he was promoting war of the worlds that's not the name of it but it was close no it was was it war of the worlds the steven spielberg thing and they were on oprah and she was backstage with a zit and no face makeup on and he was telling oprah how in love he was and jumping and jumped the couch and pulled her out on the stage no makeup she had barely any makeup she was was mortified but more than anything that was the moment he jumped the couch he did literally it was literally when youtube was also kicking off the ground and that was like one of the first celebrity clips memes that that went went around the world and went viral and tom was uh, a little old school, his people, and they were a little not fast to no, catch he, on. And he had just already dumped his his um, his longtime Pat publicist. So and he, they were not on. He top went in house to Scientology publicist. Sister, so they made it even worse, you know, by not handling it. And that's when you and, know the yeah. famous wedding happened in Italy, and where Shelley that's Leah right. asked. Anyway, so I feel like Katie is like that. That would be a nice place to be at 42 with all of that under your belt. She's got her Jamie Foxx. She's got her beautiful daughter. And now she's just making out with the hot restaurant guy. And she realizes she doesn't want to get married and she doesn't want any more kids. And she likes dating this guy because he doesn't have any kids. And he doesn't want to have any kids. So like all the way around, everybody's getting lucky. All right, there. Now, did we just answer that, Rock? I think so, yes. I (laughs) I was like, why is she famous again? And that that was good. I like it. It was like vintage scandal. We can't help it. Well, it's just, I mean, and she's acted like, remember that Joey, uh, not Joey, that was her her character in Dawson, but remember the independent movie and she, she was did. burned the turkey dinner whatever that movie april something april she's been in she a few produced things. some things yeah but she's tom probably screwed with her career oh to the good i mean to the bad you know like he probably told her he was going to get her things but oh, really yeah. he just wanted to get her under his thumb and have a baby and he he probably don't forget she was in sure, Batman. Yeah, right. But he probably that was his one thing. I'll get he you. He got you big, Batman. He got her Batman. That was oh, it. she was good in the Kennedys after Camelot. Yeah, she was. She was pretty good in that. Mm-hmm. 
Um, she was in Ray Donovan. I thought she was pretty good in that. She was excellent, and I always, I always was kind of. I mean, because that was a one storyline. Yes, I. I, I kind of like, like that her one. dad was that guy from they, Deadwood. Yes, that was kind of a Ian good one. McSh- Ian McShane. Yes. He's a good actor. He's kind of like one of those older dudes that I'd be like, yeah, all right. I agree you know? with you on that one, Lori. I, I, uh, there's only a few 80-year-olds <laughs> we have exceptions for, right? <laughs> Harvey Keitel is another one. Okay. You know. She was in Ocean's 8. I don't remember. The movie that underperformed oh, yeah. that was should have been so much better and funnier, but. Damn. Was still right. Did we just say it was, it was just so okay. okay? It's just okay. It had so much potential. All right. There, we've 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 taken care of that. Oh, is it time for random thoughts? It really is. <laughs> we'll be right back. You know, I saw this story the other day. Did you ever notice that? You know, sometimes I wonder what would happen if And now Julia's random thoughts. He looks like that puppet. I don't know. He's had cheeky implants. It's just random. That's all it is. Okay, people, have you, Lori, you've seen the Sistine Chapel, haven't you, at yes. the Vatican? Yes. Okay, Rocco, have yes. you, you've seen it too. Okay, yes. so, well, for a lot of people who have not seen it, you're going to be able to see it starting this Friday, because Rome is coming to the Mall of America. Mm-hmm. Did you guys read about this in the no. paper today? Okay, so, um, the Mall is bringing Michael, Michelangelo's Sistine Chapel, the exhibition, which is an immersive presentation of Michelangelo's Lowe's frescoes, including the creation of Adam and the Last Judgment. There's going to be 10,000 square feet on the second floor of the Mall of America dedicated to paintings from Michelangelo and the Sistine Chapel. And it'll be up high? It'll it'll be, be up, up high. high. Okay, it's that's going good. to be um, the gentleman from uh, Martin Bialis. He's the CEO of this global entertainment thing. He went in like, maybe it was quite a while ago to see the Sistine Chapel at the Vatican mm-hmm. and he said it was packed in with all these people you don't get any time to see it you couldn't immerse in it and he's right. so years later he did a deal with the Vatican and said can I take some extra large mm-hmm. paintings and have this be a traveling exhibition mm-hmm. so it's coming to the mall starting cool. starting Friday and um, there are huge 27 by 14 feet you know paintings that are uh, all next to each other. Is it like timed reservation? It's going to be time. Unlike the real Sistine Chapel, visitors can take as many photos mm-hmm. as they wish while listening on an audio tour, giving information about each fresco. Yeah, because that is the interesting. You don't really. I mean, you don't. I love going and being but, immersed in the soundtrack. Yes, yes, the, and uh, you didn't. You don't really have the time to do that because, like. At the Vatican, there's so much to see. There's so much to see, and there's it's, it's packed. It's crowded. Oh my yeah. gosh, we went last year, and it was my wife hated it. Yeah, and I was like, you got to see this. It's so great, and it was just we were packed like cattle. Yeah, and mm-hmm. you, you got there, and then there was just people yelling at you for you know taking pictures. I, mean, I wasn't taking pictures. Right. It was it was not a pleasant experience. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. So this is going to only 85 people at a time are going to be allowed in. It's going to be time. Tickets are 14 to $19. That is amazing. The I know. story of the Sistine Chapel is so amazing. It is amazing. And you'll get all that on tape. It'll be yeah. a good history lesson. Yeah. And it's going to be, um, it starts Friday and it'll go through the end of January. So that's kind of a fun thing to do. I and you, obviously you got to wear a mask. So I, oh, I would feel to, I would feel comfortable doing that. Yes, mm-hmm. I like that. All right, so like that. Um, thank you for telling us. Remember how much we loved the Princess Diana oh. exhibit that was there. Oh, what was, was the other big one? Uh there's been a couple that they've had. The Princess but, Diana was amazing. We saw the bottom of the hand painted shoes. 
with um, with D their initials Charles D. D. Just like something out I of grade that, school, right? What you'd carve in a tree, C heart D. Exactly, know, so exactly. Now this is a random. All right. I just wrapped up my time um, and said I had to say goodbye to Matthew McConaughey this morning on my walk. Oh, did you finish Green Lights? I did, and he thinks in the credits. Um, you know, and he talks so fast brr, for this, brr, for that. Well, did you have it on your super speed? Yeah, whatever. <laughs> and then he thanks for um, Dan Butner for my adventures. Oh, so I thought, wow, that Danny Butner, he gets everywhere. Yeah, I thought that was kind. I of... could see those two going off on a road yes. trip and totally. And he was friends on. with Robin. Well, he used to bike ride with Lance Armstrong and Robin Williams back in the day. Remember? Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. We're talking about Matthew McConaughey. All right, this is a really sweet story. A twenty-one-year-old. Florida man made history by being the first person with Down syndrome to ever complete a full Ironman triathlon. Wow. Chris Nickett, Nickatic or something. Here's what the Ironman is. It's a 2.4 mile swim, mm. 112 mile bike ride, a 26.2 mile marathon in a single day. He had someone go with him the whole way, but didn't need any assistance and he's officially listed in the Guinness world records. Good for him. So isn't that, that cool? I mean, that Ironman, I mean, I, do you, are you nuts to do that? Does that seem nutty? Beyond, but Mount, climbing Mount Rushmore <laughs> still wins, being the nuttiest. Not Mount Rushmore, you uh, mean? No, Mount Everest. Everest. Yeah, or <laughs> they're, they're similar. Or like the lady, <laughs> the Emily, Emily Harrington, who yes. uh, she like free climbed up El Capitan. We posted it yes. in like twenty four hours without any rope. That seems nuts to me. I don't understand that, but I love reading books. About people who do that kind of stuff oh and just gosh. doing it that way. It's incredible. We went, we went to Yosemite like two two years ago yeah. and saw that. Saw that. And the first people to climb it, it took them like a few months and they had to, you know, people, helicopters flew in because they were worried about them and they ate out of a tin can. And now people do it in 45 minutes with no ropes. Yeah. It's insane. Isn't that crazy? Well, this to go all the way up, it's at 24. It's okay. less than, you know, it <clears throat> takes you almost, you know, takes you 18, 19, 20, whatever hours it is. But I mean, that just seems nuts to me. It I, does. I don't understand it. Okay. So, well, here's something. If the people fear are, of falling oh, is no. great oh, with me. Like, I'd want <laughs> even a parachute wouldn't work because you'd fall too fast. Yeah. No, I would never want to do that, mm -hmm. ever in my life. Okay, now let me see if you guys want to do this, because beginning in May, you're for the um, going to be able to go on Ocean Gate expeditions and travel down 2.4 miles to see the site where the Titanic landed and where it went down in 1912. So this guy... Has a All these crazy alien stories can't be true, can they? Hey, it's Stephen Diener, host of the Unidentified Alien Podcast. And whether you're new to the conversation or have been looking into it for years, you need to check out the fastest growing alien show out there, the Unidentified Alien Podcast, or UAP for short. There's a crazy amount of alien encounter stories out there from all over the world. And the beauty of it is that I bring them all to you and let you decide what you believe. Download and subscribe to UAP on any of the major podcasting platforms. And you can also find it on UAPpodcast.com. I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. 
pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. Five-person submarine Mm-mm. that will go down and you no. can go down and visit it. Rocco? No. Um, no. You can really see... is. Is there still a wreckage down there? Or is that yes? Titanic I mean, there are bodies in there, Rocco. It's okay. a burial ground. It's a cemetery. That's pretty neat. But I and can't. they've taken out a lot of the good stuff. All the plates are gone. <laughs> All the servings are gone. It's, but uh, you can sign up and buy tickets. They yeah. say so far three dozen people have booked it. Yeah, I believe it. Three mm-hmm. dozen. Get have your gas mask on too if you're going down under. Two point four miles. Yeah. No, thank you. In well, a submarine. No, thank you. I'm claustrophobic just thinking about it. All right. Uh, you know. Wackle? I, I, I'm going to give it some pass. thought. A hard pass. The hard pass and, a, and one just giving How it about a thought. you? Absolutely not. Yeah. Hey, there's places I just don't want to go. Mars. The moon. <laughs> and, and the bottom of the sea. Down to the bottom of the, the yes. Sea to see the Titanic. Yes. To see what I can see. No. I really don't. No. I think, wasn't that an exhibit we saw at the Mall of America? We the did. Titanic exhibit. I feel like that might have. Where you can see like the China and they the They had stuff, yeah. Like they've seen it or maybe we just saw it in the movie The Titanic. No, Julia, I think that there was a Titanic exhibit right. at the Mall of America and we went to it. Up, you know, like what they're doing with the Sistine Chapel. They've right. had a few exhibits at the mall, like yeah. in over by Hooters or whatever. Yes. Like, right. There was a Prince one. Oh, yeah. Yes. Remember that one? Yeah. Oh, you guys would, of course. Anything Prince. All right. What are the two words in the English language that end with G R Y? There's only two of them. There's only two words. Angry and hungry. Yeah, you already yeah. saw this loser. No, that wasn't. That How did you know that? that? I'm well, kind of good th- with words. Yeah, yeah. Are you? I do Not I crosswords see. and stuff. I was, yeah, yeah I was good. There's only two words. Yeah. Speaking of words, I was, with the last week when Lori nailed the definitions of obsequiousness. <laughs> and yes. It was uh, vocabulary uh, day. I was, I, I'm like, wow. He's got, she's read everything and her vocabulary is, she, Webster calls her every once in a while <laughs> to find out meetings. The you more, do. But the more you, I mean, that's all it is, is I have been a reader since I was a kid, Rocco, like, like second grade. And are you one of those it. where you see a word that you don't know what it means, you quick look it up? I don't need to a lot of times because you can tell by the context is then, don't you think? When you're reading I'm not now. Asking you, yeah. I know. Just We're shut not up. gonna ask you about words. It's my segment. <laughs> okay, the losers. <laughs> right. Losers. But you're right. Lori, do you look them up? You don't need to. Uh no. So yeah, I mean I do. I remember looking up words back in the day. Yeah, yeah, when I was younger and in college and stuff like that. But yeah, there were a lot. I, the first time I had to read out loud to a class, I remember oh. Um, oh. pronouncing. I had been reading since second grade. Come on, as Simone. Simone. Yes, I remember that. <laughs> and so the first time I had to read in class, I'm like, Simone Spot, run, or whatever it was. You know, she's like, what? I didn't. I'm like, I, I don't know. I, I, they shouldn't have been putting that apostrophe there. That's a very tricky that word. Is, that is funny. That one's grade. funny. All right. Mm-hmm. So when you guys drive your car, um, where do you hold your steering wheel? Are you 10 and 2 people? I'm probably not. I, I'm 10 and 2. You're t- I'm probably one hand somewhere. You're one hand or yeah. one hand. His other hand's in his crotch. Yeah. Near the bottom yeah, or the, the top. Just rolling. Rolling. Well, 10 and 2, you're, you are classic. Yeah. We learned that in, when we were 15. I know mm-hmm. it. I know. Well, I'm not going to get into the other personalities because look at the time. Okay. Someone Save else was talking tomorrow. during my talking. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. We'll be back. 
Oh, look who just checked in with us. Harry, how are you today? Oh, my gosh. Okay, so um, did you get a chance to watch CBS Sunday morning yesterday? Only the beginning. beginning. I didn't watch the Sophia Loren part. Okay, so she has a new movie. Yes. uh, I think it's released already that her son directed her in. And... It's she came a, out of retirement. Yes, for it. and the one of the photos that they showed, Julie, was the year that we met her, which I think was 2010. On the red carpet? On the red carpet, and she had her glasses on. I remember she had sort of a lace yes. thing covering her shoulders, and she was with her son, and she just stood and waved. I was Rock, Rocco, she was such a movie star. I oh, can't. No. You can't. Yeah. I can't even tell you. And this was 10 years ago, and she would have been 76. And because she's now 86. And so she's in this uh, new um, movie. We'll get the name of it, I think. The Life Ahead. The the Life Ahead. And so here we are from CBS Sunday Morning. Her latest, Madame Rosa, is a former prostitute who cares for the kids of other sex workers. She lives on the margins of Italian society, much like Loren did growing up in poverty with an unmarried single mom in a suburb of Naples. That's why I made the film. She reminded me a lot about my mother. My mother was absolutely like that. Inside, she was very fragile, but she looked strong. The family connections do not stop there. The film's director is Eduardo Ponti, her son. Who's the boss on set? He pretends not to, but he is the boss. Yeah. Even just pointing, she doesn't even need to speak, and it says, says a lot. <laughs> Eduardo is the younger of two sons Loren had with her late husband, Carlo Ponti, the movie producer who first discovered her as a teenager in a Rome beauty pageant. Is that it? I believe so. It's it's not out till Friday, November 13th. Okay, and she was just, but the movie looks really good, and she just had, uh, she and her son just obviously, you know, adore each other, but I thought, yeah, that would have been beyond a scandal, you know, but it would happen all the time because before birth control pills, I mean, you get one, Mm -hmm. uh, those Italian, I mean, men are so persuasive sometime and you're at the (laughs) horny point in your life and all it takes is one time and you're pregnant. And this would have been like in the 30s, unwed in Italy. I mean, Mm -hmm. my goodness. So anyway, she, I, that movie, it looks good. It does. It Mm -hmm. does look good. And here's my Sophia Loren trivia question for 100, please. All right. I don't know if I'm wording that right, but what, Television show did mm. Sophia Loren famously turn down that was a huge hit? Dynasty. Bingo. Is really? it? That's it. I just couldn't think of anything else. She turned down the part of Alexis Carrington. She did. Joan Collins was the second pick. Really? Okay, that's a good little trivia. Yeah. Okay. 100 points. Uh, another one that you might, another thing you might have missed from CBS Sunday Morning, you know how they do their in memoriams mm-hmm. towards the end of the show every week. And I had uh, meant to um, remember this woman's life a couple weeks ago when this happened. and But we were so busy remembering one woman's life. Uh, no, we were doing War of the Worlds. Oh, I, think when, I think when uh, Marguerite Lippmann passed away. But this this lady was something else, okay? okay. Uh, Marguerite Lippmann, she passed away at the... She died this uh, month, or in October, the end of October, at the age of 90. And um, she was the real Holly Golightly. 
he was friends with Truman Capote. And when he wrote Breakfast at Tiffany's, it was well known that it was Marguerite that he was writing about because she was from this very la-di-da family from New Orleans. As they say in the South, a moneyed name, a name with, you know, whatever yes, yes, however yes. they would talk about it. And anyway, she one of the oldest families and um, she was friends with Elizabeth Taylor and Bianca Jagger and her best friend was one of her best friends was Rock Hudson mm-hmm. and Truman Capote was just charmed and delighted by her. And of course she's married like three times. Of course the 90, that doesn't seem unusual. Um, <laughs> you know what I mean? But anyway, she, <laughs> there's a saying, lot of time, a, there's a lot, many years there, but she had this great Southern drawl and she was introduced to this, uh, so, starry like Hollywood circle. Cause her brother lived in Hollywood in the fifties. And, um, uh, producers wanted to sign her up and, you know, give her a deal at, but she could not get rid of her Southern accent. Oh, really? Okay. That's funny. She, they tried. That's so funny. She had it, but she, they were like, she's only going to be able to play one thing. Right. You know? And so, and for whatever reason, even then she was zipping back and forth between New York, New Orleans, LA and London. You know, so she was collecting mm-hmm. friends, and I guess she, Tennessee Williams was taken with her, and she coached Barbara Belgetti's in 19, Barbara Belgetti's, who later played the matriarch on Dallas, but was at one time a young, hot woman. She played Cat on a Hot Tin Roof. Oh, God. And Marguerite coached Barbara how to talk like a real Southern woman. So she was the vocal coach. Okay. And then she also coached Elizabeth Taylor. That's how she met Liz. And uh, she coached Lawrence Harvey, everybody. She was, But then she was like, I don't want to be stuck being a vocal coach. And um, I don't need the money. <laughs> yeah. And she said Elizabeth Taylor was the best pupil that she ever had, but she just didn't want to be a vocal coach. So she was dear friends with Rock Hudson. And she was his nurse as he was dying of AIDS and she vowed after he died to do something to raise money to tackle the condition, which in 1985 was just called the gay cancer. Yep. And, uh, in 1986, and then she was living full-time in London. She wrote letters to 300 high net income people and influential people in England to get money for something she was establishing called the AIDS Crisis Trust to pay to help for money. And she heard she got one no out of all those people. And uh, she said, we had no overhead. We licked our own uh, stamps. We used our own telephones. And six months later, she launched the AIDS uh, Trust. What did I say? AIDS AIDS Crisis Crisis Trust. And everyone from, it was at Christie's, from Boy George to Princess Diana, the Duchess of York. Uh, everybody was there. And um, so she um, basically has raised just millions and millions of dollars and brought it up and out and open. And Princess- Do you remember, remember when we went to D.C. and we saw it on the side of the building? Was it the Elizabeth Taylor? Was I with you? I, must have been, I would think I was with a different friend. But yeah. where the original location was of the AIDS Foundation? Yeah. Was that you? No, 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 it wasn't me. But I mean, it's amazing. And they were friends, she and Elizabeth and all the money that they raised. Anyway, it was just uh, 
She just seemed like... Uh, How old was she, honey? She was 90 years old, as I said to you twice, as you yawned your way through my <laughs> I wrote down her story. name. I hope people didn't crash their cars when they were listening. It was obviously so boring for you. No, Lori. I it's didn't. really hard when, when the person, person across runs. from you... It was a big one. It's just really... Oh. It's just having Usually a we're pretty good at faking, you know, <laughs> at that. Anyway, it was just a big one at the moment. Anyway, but uh, yeah, so she was the real uh, uh, Holly Lightly and uh, established the AIDS crisis trust and kind of and brought that movement up and forward. And once Princess Diana got involved, and Elizabeth Taylor, and Elizabeth Taylor, and she knew both of them. Yeah. But once they got, but Princess Diana going into the hospital and holding someone's hand, and that picture that was worth a thousand words, and Fauci was a young scientist at the time with the National Institutes of Health. Did you know that? I think I did, Lori. Yeah. Yep. I hmm. think I did. Just, uh, you know, Fauci mm-hmm. it all the way around full circle mm-hmm. on that one. Got it. Um, that's all I have to report. That's all I have. Sunday morning, really. I can't. Oh, here's something for Bob Dylan fans. The Timothy Chalamet movie, the biopic. They lost the money. Mm-hmm. Not going to happen because he was going to play Bob Dylan. He was good, and it was going to be directed directed by James uh, Mangold, who did Ford versus Ferrari, Walk the Line. We loved, we loved. So we know James can yes. do a biopic, but uh, uh, in an interview with Collider, the cinematographer let it slip that it's on hold um, because of all the small clubs with lots of extras. In period costumes, Greenwich Village, you know, the, all the little They're coffee shops. They're not open shop. right now. Well, he said lots of hair and makeup. They're not able to do it physically because they need to recreate all these little music, indoor music scenes. Oh, interesting. So Mangold's moving on to Indiana Jones 5, and they're going to circle back around after there's a vaccine. Uh, and see what happens. And see if they can do mm-hmm. it. But he said, that's why we can't do it. There's no... We can't get the permit, and then we don't have enough extras. Because Bob it. Dylan was playing, maybe the coffee houses at first were, no one was in there, but then they got busy. Have you seen Bob Dylan? Uh, yes, I have. You saw him outdoors, I remember, when you at bought Midway, the tickets. Midway, yep, Midway with uh, Willie Nelson. That yep. was an excellent show. Okay, here's a question. And a train went by I remember. when Bob Dylan was playing. You were with it Tommy was... Mischke and Kathy oh, Hart. I remember that night. So okay, I have a trivia question okay. for you guys. Okay, so what... Um, Song did Willie Nelson write on a barf bag on an airline? Ooh. Crazy. Nope. Um. Oh gosh. Wait a minute. I didn't write down the answer. <laughs> <laughs> oh no! You're Wait a minute. Kidding. I'm gonna see if I took a picture of it. No, this is so funny. Okay, I did. I took it. So oh, here did? are your choices. Okay. Um, Bloody Mary morning on the road again. Whiskey River or always on my on mind. On the road again. Uh. Let's- Go with Whiskey River. It's on the road again. Hmm. Yeah. And that's too easy, yes. Rocco. You probably were going to say that, but I shouted it's it out. okay. Yeah. I, I tried were you going to say that? No, uh, you know, it seemed obvious because it was yeah, on, right. know, on a barf bag. But. Right. It, it, here's how it happened Willie Nelson wrote the iconic song on the road again on an airplane barf bag. The song was conceived when the executive producer of the film Honeysuckle Rose approached Nelson during a flight and asked him to write a theme song for the movie. About 45 minutes later, Nelson had written the entire song on an oh airline's bar bag. Nelson said the song clicked in his head, so he wrote the lyrics on the bag. The song 
became one of Nelson's most recognized tunes. It won him a Grammy Award for Best Country Song. And the movie's been forgotten, basically. Yep. And remember, there used to be bar fags in airplanes. I think that they are still there. Are they? Maybe not right now. I don't think so right now. I've used them before. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Basically. Yeah, but you needed somewhere to write. That's a good place because there's a lot of white. (laughs) Good paper. (laughs) That's dirty paper. It was a magazine where your pen went right. Right. All right. right. (laughs) We'll be right back. We're getting some uh, piping hot uh, tea served with some real frankness next. So what are you trying to say? Hollywood. the meaning of this oh. okay do you know who larsa pippen is at least by name us weekly instagram i feel like she's Kim kardashian, kardashian. That's related right. right and she was married to uh retired uh scotty pippen the basketball okay. dude. larsa is her name was and she, was she on basketball wives or anything yes, like that I think that you so. watched yeah, right. yeah 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 anyway so she but she's like been BFFs with the Kardashian clan, you know, for a long time. And so uh, she was on an episode of the Hollywood Raw podcast and she was asked about Kim Kardashian because these two have just recently unfollowed each other. Oh, a breakup. And um, so basically she says, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, Kanye didn't really trust anyone with Kim. So I was kind of like that person. And if your husband feels threatened by my relationship, I don't want to be that per You know, she was kind of dancing around it. Okay. Finally, she got down to what she really thought was the reason why Kanye pestered Kim to not be... Friends, friends with her, with her or at least follow her. I guess they've been friends for years. So at the end of the interview, she said, we're like sisters. Yeah. But she said um, that Connie, she became his go-to person to call when he wasn't happy with X, Y, and Z, which you can only imagine how many times a day that was. That's like a hotline. She eventually said she had to block his number uh-huh. because she couldn't handle the phone calls at all hours of the night. And that really upset him. And he basically has, you know, made Kim brainwashed is the word she used. Kim into saying, you know, and she's like, and if Kim has to do it, I'm. You kind of sometimes you do, you know, to stay by. Mm, Yeah. Did I see pictures of Kim Kardashian with Kanye this weekend? Yeah. Loving each other up. They're they're at a beach somewhere, but he looks awfully um, He's dressed okay, this is hysterical. He's He's dressed in the winter snowstorm. Right. And she's in a bikini. Right. Rocco, it's just like beach. This is the happy couple. He's you know, because he's kinda heavy right now, so he keeps wearing all these clothes. Us weekly, I'm at the grocery store. (laughs) Us weekly, the cover is Kim. How uh, a billion dollars isn't saving Kim from heartache and grief. And it was about like how Kanye's made her life miserable, how insulted she was that her little sister didn't come to her 40th birthday party, which that I don't believe. Um, But anyway, it was they used the word brainwash on the cover of that. And that was before Larsa had her interview today. So I'm just saying brainwashing is being thrown around Kim's name. Chris Jenner is not going to be happy. No, because she feels smarter than that, too. Anyway. How about uh, Dr. Fauci letting us know that... Uh, uh, Kim he, Kardashian had a call, a private call with him. Not a private call. There were 36 
sports and A-list celebrities, musician and actors. And that, they had were, pri- that had they were trying to figure they get their questions answered and they were trying to figure out how to use their social media presence to get the word out about what to do. And this was early on. And obviously there wasn't there was more coordination for imagination than getting the word out. And that means the song, the song they did. You know what I mean? Rocco? Oh. There wasn't kind of... I, I mean, didn't know that this wasn't... Was I the, thought this happened just recently, no, Lori. So t- explain everyone the story. April. They okay. had a virtual talk with Dr. Fauci, and they wanted to know, what should we be saying? Because the, they were like basically all the people... Influencers. May, maybe you had to have a hundred million yes. plus, you know, yes. to be invited. The black, the triple black ex Amex cards holders. Of the Insta and mm-hmm. Twitter and whatever. So it was Ashton Kutcher, Gwyneth Paltrow, Katy Perry... Two chains, um, the Kardashians. Uh, where's Cardi B? I don't know, but they don't have the whole list. He just said it was a whole bunch of movie stars and musicians and some sports figures, and they wanted to know what they could do to stay safe and how to get the word out about staying safe. Oh, all right. So, um, but because they really thought that's how we can get the word to a lot of young people. Yeah. But didn't really take. No. no. They, that wasn't managed no. very well. So the Hollywood speak on that is why did we even need to know? Exactly. Because now I just have another reason to be bitter Betty towards, you know. Well, I oops. was just thinking, <laughs> well, here was what I was thinking. I was thinking that just happened. So I'm more even more confused and don't care. Yeah. Moving on. Give me okay. the next one. Jerry yeah. Bruckheimer reportedly trying to get Johnny Depp back in Pirates of the Caribbean. <sighs> did he? It was just a week ago, you know, that Johnny's life went off the deep end forever. <laughs> That he can when always the high be called a, a wife beater. Wife beater, Rocco. But did it, I mean, is yeah. it over? I mean, people already kind of knew he was a weird we But dude. that's a different I, thing. Here's the, here's the good that's news a story, thing. is that, um, I mean. Okay, here's, here's, this is two hours just, ago by Hollywood Reporter behind Warner Brothers' decision to sever ties with that. I mean, they and they let him write, you know, his dear John letter. So it looked like I've been asked, and you know, so he got to do go out in a gentlemanly way. But highly, uh, I mean, just uh, they're on the hook for his full salary. Warner Brothers right. says, even though he had only shot one scene since production mm-hmm. began in London, he yeah. had a so-called player you know play contract. Listen, uh, the Hollywood speak on this is Warner Brothers needs to get their act together and go to Johnny Depp and figure out a PR strategy that is Johnny Depp owning what an a-hole and that he was drinking and drugging and admitting that we he, already said that he needs to get sober. Right, yeah. but I mean, just do all that and own it and ask for forgiveness and own that you did and say, you know, uh, lay bare and be honest and just, uh, I think people understand that, you know. Uh, you can't do it if he doesn't want to do it, Lori. No, but I'm just saying that vo- people understand volatile, tempestuous relationships. I think there's more understanding. And when I say that, I don't mean like, like I think, like Cardi B. I mean, I think she and uh, I think she like throws things at. I mean, this is never healthy. It's never good. But he could like stand up and just say, "I learned as an old man." I mean, he yep. could just. Yeah, I know. And it own would be it. I know, Lori. Own, own it in the rawest way possible, because people would. Um, 
you know, and and say that you're, you know, and that he should have never done that. And he should have left long before he threw a phone at her or raised a hand or whatever he did. You know, he had that choice. So, all right, Jeff Bezos got good news Saturday morning. I'm not talking about the election. I'm talking about the judge threw out his defamation suit by his girlfriend's brother. Really? Yep. That's a big legal. A judge just told uh, Michael to take a hike, and he's the brother of Jeff Bezos' girlfriend who, you know, they were each other's side pieces and -hmm. and their marriages broke Mm -hmm. up. And uh, it was, you know, the brother who leaked those uh, graphic texts and nude photos sold them. To the National Enquirer. Yes. And then tried to sue Bezos for yes. defamation. I love it. There's a lot of frivolous lawsuits that can be uh, filed. That's the Hollywood speak on that. So the judge, when it finally got to his desk, because it's been, you know, going through process, he's like, this is all her say dismissed. He's happy. Yeah. He is happy. So anyway, a rift between the royal family and Prince Harry grows. What do you know, Julia? Okay, well, this, I'm gonna make this you is really, answer a royal right, question. I'm going to tell you what I know. Memorial Day in England is called something else. Oh, their Veterans Day is Rem- Remembrance Day. Remember, and mm-hmm. it was this past weekend. Mm-hmm. And Harry, one of the things, Prince Harry, he was very proud of was his service in the um, military. military. Yeah. And his two service, two times he was in Iraq. And well, he's he, not in the UK. Can he just lay a wreath? He here? wanted to lay, uh, he wanted his family to lay a wreath for him when they were out doing it. And they wouldn't do it. So oh, he went wow. here. Oh, for good. That just seems I like know. a dig. That is just something to sell a newspaper on a Monday in the UK when they've gone into shutdown. There you go. You know, he there can you go. lay a wreath here of in America. And he did. Yeah. And he did. That is much royal to to do do about about nothing. nothing. Thank you. It is. It is. And I like that you brought the royal speech. Well, did you see here? Their thing like Memorial Day, like our thing, like, you know, Veterans Day. Yeah, it was really good. Did anyone understand? I didn't. This holiday season, Peloton's got a gift for you. Get up to $200 off accessories with the purchase of a Peloton bike, Bike Plus, or Tread. And take your workout to the next level with accessories like non-slip grip dumbbells, a heart rate monitor, cycling shoes, and more. Peloton, motivation that moves you. This limited time offer ends December 25th. Visit OnePeloton.com to learn more. All access membership separate. Offer ends December 25th. Cannot be combined with other offers. See additional terms at OnePeloton.com.